Hi, welcome to Healthy Wealthy Roots, a podcast about financial wellness, mental health, and parenthood. So for this episode, I wanted us to take a minute to just check in on ourselves. Uh, As I mentioned in the preview, this has been a hard year and uh, it just seems like it gets harder and harder every month. Um, 2020 has been rough. I often say (laughs) I would rate it zero out of 10, do not recommend on Yelp. But um, we have to keep going. And so in order for us to do that, we need to pause and take a look at the things that work to help us to keep going and the things that don't. If it's one thing that I am learning in this year, it's that some days are harder than others. And in life, some years will be harder than others, but I choose to keep going because going uh, means more than staying stuck in that place. And the thing is that it's temporary. The way that I feel today in August of 2020 is not how I felt in March when we first were locked down and it's not how I felt two months ago. So our feelings will change over time. Our situation is not permanent. And so we have to figure out how to keep going. Just in general, when times are hard, you are allowed to throw yourself a pity party and that's what I call them. Um, you can have a full-blown pity party if you would like. You can send an invitation to yourself and invite yourself to your pity party. The last one that I had was maybe about a month and a half ago. I was overwhelmed by the stress of the pandemic and uh, worrying about the numbers and about safety and how long this whole thing is going to go on for. Um, And frankly, the pandemic is a collective trauma that is being experienced around the world. What that means is we are all being impacted by this um, global health crisis some more so than others. And in general, we we need to be kind to ourselves and we need to be kind to the people around us. So I threw myself a pity party and because of the stress, I stayed in bed all day long in my pajamas The only time I left the bed was to use the bathroom and to pick up food that I had ordered to be dropped off at the front door. And I fully enjoyed my pity party. But when you throw yourself a pity party, do not stay there. It's not a good idea to keep that party going. Pity parties should be time limited. 
And so you may decide, okay, I am going to wake up in the morning and I am going to have myself a pity party. And then around 11 o'clock, I will get up and I'll go shower and I'll do X, Y, Z. Or you may decide that you want to do it in the evening. I am going to have a pity party for a half hour and cry in the shower or whatever you feel like you need to do in order to fully experience the emotions that are begging for your attention. One of the things that really helps when we are in a dark place is listing the things that are important in our life. So people tend to be uh, visual learners where they learn things by seeing them, um, or they may prefer to learn things by hearing. Those are the two main ones. There are other forms of learning, but those are the two main ones. And where this is concerned, if you think that it would be helpful for you to have regular reminders of the things that are important in your life and the reasons for you to keep going, you may want to make that visual or audible. So for instance, you could write those things down on post-its and stick them on the bathroom mirror so that you see them every day. Uh, you can record a voice note on your phone or wherever so that you can play it on a regular basis if that's what you need. But the important things in our life that help us to keep going, those are personal, but examples could be your family members or your dear friends or your pets or your goals and your aspirations, your dreams for the future. All of those things give us purpose and give our lives meaning. And those are the things that we should be leaning on when we're struggling the most. Another thing that helps is trying to focus on the positive. And that is very hard to do when things are really, really bad, because then you're only seeing the bad stuff. But if you can pull yourself out of that muck just enough to see a little bit of light, then that will help. So when the pandemic first started, I could not see the positive. This was just a very foreign experience and it was scary and there were so many unknowns. But I think maybe a month and a half into it, once life became a little bit more predictable in its unpredictability, I was able to start to appreciate some of the positive things that the pandemic provided. For instance, my son is one year old and he started walking during the pandemic while we were at home. 
during the lockdown. And I had been worried last year um, when I was pregnant and then after I had him that he would take his first steps while he was at daycare and I will miss it and I'll have to hear about it from his teacher. And I was trying to get comfortable with the idea of that being the reality because that is the reality for a lot of people who have to work. They miss. They may miss their child's first steps. So that turned out to not be the case because we were at the house and he took his first steps right in front of me. And that's a memory that I will cherish. And so the pandemic has brought a lot of grief and pain and discomfort and trauma to people all around the world. But there are some some things that have come from this that are positive and that are good. Another thing that really helps is setting goals, uh, providing ourselves with a, a map or an outline And goals give us a reason to live and a reason to go on. So those could be small things. I know at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people started baking and cooking. Everybody seemed to be posting pictures of banana bread and some people were doing uh, sourdough bread. And a lot of people started gardening. That is not me at all. I have the opposite of a green thumb, to be honest. But I did create my own pandemic projects. And this podcast is actually one of uh, my pandemic projects. So setting goals and creating projects or uh, things that you want to try out, those help us when we're in our dark times because it gives us something to focus on that is not the negative and the yucky feelings that we're in, but it also gives us something to walk towards that will take us out of our current situation. When I was looking at starting this podcast and I was thinking of names, One of the conversations that I had with my mother recently came to mind. So my mother and a couple of my cousins have been talking about ancestral trauma or the fact that our ancestors, particularly Black people, uh, Jewish people, uh, people who have had histories of persecution, Our ancestors' DNA runs through our veins. We are connected in this bloodline. And research has been coming out recent within the last few years that shows that the trauma of our ancestors passes on through the generations. And so my mother and I were talking about that. 
and she had a memory and her memory was uh, we had watched the movie Roots when I was very young. I could not have been more than eight or nine years old. And at the end of the movie, she said that I turned to her and I had tears in my eyes and I asked her why I felt sad. And I don't remember this memory at all. I do remember watching Roots. I do remember there were scenes of the ship and it was dark and it was raining. Like I remember that, but I don't remember what she was talking about. Um, And she said that when I asked that question, she said to me that I was feeling the pain of our ancestors. And I believe that. I believe that that's true. Um, And I I believe that that contributes to how disturbing uh, current social justice issues are for particularly Black people because we're basically being re-traumatized again and again and again and again and that does something to people but on the flip side to that if the trauma of our ancestors runs through our veins i am starting to wonder and believe that the strength of our ancestors also runs through our veins The fact that they were able to survive very difficult circumstances, a lot of them, in order to go on to have families and then from those families see grandchildren and then great-grandchildren and great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren or however far down the line we are, It says to me that they had strength. They were able to keep going. And if they were able to keep going, then so can I. My ancestors experienced sadness and struggles and defeat just like I do. But they also experienced love and joy and hope. And those are the things that I can hold on to. If they can do it, then so can I. I am a psychologist. And one of the things that psychologists preach about often is the importance of self-care. Self-care can look different for different people. But in in order for us to figure out what works for us, you kind of have to know, okay, well, what are all of my options? And so whenever we talk about self-care, we are talking about things like making sure you're getting enough rest. Rest is so important for our bodies and for our cells to rejuvenate and for our brain to take a pause. And just in general, if we are sleep deprived, it affects our physical health, our mental health. And rest does not only mean sleep, it also means relaxation. It means taking some time to 
to stop and just sit and do whatever is relaxing to you before you get back to the grind. Nutrition is also important in self-care and good nutrition, healthy foods, uh, because our body needs it in order to help us to keep going. Now, I'm not saying to not have junk food because I love me some junk food, but life is about moderation and you just have to take things in moderation. Uh, For some people, prayer or religious practices or spiritual practices also are forms of self-care. Medication, if you have prescribed medication, making sure that you're taking it on a regular basis as prescribed by your doctor, that is self-care as well. And if you need help with remembering to take your medication, there are several apps that you can get on your phone. Uh, You can get a pill box that has the days of the week so that it's a, a visual reminder to you. Movement is also another form of self-care. So a lot of people say exercise, but movement does not have to mean exercise. Movement could be dancing in your living room to Bruno Mars or taking a stroll around the neighborhood. It doesn't have to be a power walk or a jog. Just in general, moving our bodies helps to get the feel-good hormones flowing, and it's a crucial activity that we should keep in our arsenal when it comes to self-care. And finally, meditation. So over the last, I would say, 15 years, Meditation has become more popular and more accepted, Uh, but there are still people who I encounter who are apprehensive to try it for whatever reason. Um, But in case you don't know what meditation is like, I can tell you that I was one of those people who was apprehensive in the beginning. I, I did not want to be in some kind of a trance. I did not want to be hypnotized. And, but that's not actually what it's like. What it's like is taking a moment where you shut the world out and you close your eyes or not. You sit quietly and you focus on your breathing. By taking deep breaths, you're able to slow your breath down, which helps your uh, stress response in your body to kind of ease off of the gas. And you allow your brain to come and go as it will, but not holding on to anything. So say, for instance, you've been really worried about an upcoming job interview. While you're meditating, those thoughts may pop up in your head about how that job interview is going to go. And in the meditation, what you're doing is you acknowledge that you have that thought and you let it go. 
And for a lot of people, it helps to visualize. So you can visualize that thought floating away on a cloud or like a feather floating away or bubbles popping and just softly letting them go. And that's all that meditation is. There's nothing else to it. So the last piece um, that falls under the self-care category would be therapy. Uh, I am a big proponent for therapy, and that's not just because I'm a psychologist. I have had therapists over the years, and they have been very helpful to me. So I encourage therapy for other people, but it is one of the things that is as important to me as all of the other things that I do to take care of myself. So if you are interested in therapy and you have never been to therapy and you have no clue what it's like or where to start, you can check out the website. I have a whole section on starting therapy. Um, and in today's show notes, I will also include information on some of the meditation apps and YouTube channels that are really helpful, and you can check those out. I hope that this helps. I hope that it gives you some idea of some of the things that you could do to help you to feel like you can keep going and hang in there with me. So thank you for joining me today. Tune in every Monday and Friday. You can check out the website at healthywealthyroots.org. Join me on Instagram at healthywealthyroots and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember, our future grows from healthy, wealthy roots. On the next episode, I want to tell you about how much debt I'm in. I want to be completely vulnerable and let you know my dollar amount. And then I'm hoping that you will join me on my debt-free journey. This podcast offers only a look at what I'm doing and is not meant to substitute the results you can get from working one-on-one with a professional.